Yo, y'all listen up. I got something to say. I'm going to speak the truth to you, but some of y'all, you took a shortcut, a convenience this summer. You was like, coach ain't here. The season's weeks away. I got time. Are you kidding me? As a college athlete, you got four, maybe five years to be great or be forgotten. So are you home taking it easy? Somebody else is out there in the heat just about killing itself to make their name great. But you got time. Yeah, 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 yeah. My heart is purple and gold. I'm a pirate down of my soul. And I don't back down at it all. Find out when the cannons explode. From the sidelines down to the post. Put it down like not even close. All out to the last whistle blow. For the flag with the soul and crossbones. Everybody stand up, get your hands up. Let a team know that we got their back. This is our house, this is our town, our time. What's good, everybody? Welcome to the Athletes Table with your host, the Lebanese Stallion, and I am here with a good friend of mine, Miranda Rivera. We went to school together. We did a few things together, hung out a lot. Uh, she was working with the football team at the time. Um, now she's even bigger and better representing the United States, which is, to me, one of the coolest jobs you could have uh, working with USA Volleyball. But how are you doing today, Miranda? I know we had a hiccup already once, but how's everything else going? <laughs> you know, doing pretty good. Like, honestly, like I was saying earlier before it didn't get recorded, um, it's just crazy how time, like, uh, flies by so quickly. Like, football is basically bowl season time almost, and seasons are, you know, wrapping up for fall yeah. sports, and uh, the New Year's going to be coming here. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, it's going to be January before I know it. It's almost mm -hmm. Thanksgiving. Like, I just feel like time moves by so quick. And um, it's crazy to think that come the summertime, uh, the Paris Olympics are going to be happening. So there's just so much that um, I'm like, I need time to slow down. <laughs> so with the Paris Olympics, are you going to be over there? I will not be over there um, in Paris at all. I would love the opportunity to go um to the games one day hopefully to support you know team usa or usa volleyball or really uh, the country as a whole in any position but i'm yeah. one i'm having my first child in february excited. so excited really for excited. that so won't be traveling as much as i used <laughs> to but uh, my position at the moment does not require me to go to the games but if um there is opportunities to do so i would love to at some point in time um mm -hmm. i know both like uh, the u.s olympic and paralympic committee they tend to take volunteers from other national governing body sports uh okay. to help team usa on the ground at the games for both the summer and the winter olympics oh, okay. so um if i wasn't pregnant i probably would uh, have <laughs> you know, tried to get that opportunity mm -hmm. to go to the Olympics because one, I'd love to go to Paris. And two, yeah. I mean, that's like my bucket list right there is like <laughs> the number one sporting event besides like Formula One for me is uh, to go to the Olympics at some point in time. So I had maybe no Formula in was on there. Yes, <laughs> a big F1 fan. Like I just okay. went to Italy for the um, oh, yeah. Italian Grand Prix at Monza. So okay. we went all the way to Italy since it was 
a lot cheaper to go there than to go to Vegas. <laughs> or Miami at the time, too. Yes, or Miami. <laughs> and even, like, Austin was still pretty mm -hmm. expensive. So we decided, like, hey, when we saw the tickets for um, F1 mm -hmm. and they had released their tickets for Vegas, we saw that it was, like, almost five grand just to, like, stand um you know one of the turns and we're like we can spend this money for two people go to italy for two weeks and yeah. go to the race there and we sat right across from uh the pits so oh, wow. it was nice to like see the drivers go in and out of their um their garages and yeah. you know see what you watch on tv in person that's so it's really a cool. cool experience that's really that's that's a bucket list right there just to do that. Go to Italy for most people. Now to add the Formula One into it, that's that's a whole nother level. Yeah, we and we weren't even going like just to go to Italy. We were like, we're gonna go for like a Formula One race. My my fiance was just like, all right, price out, you know, a couple races mm -hmm. uh that you a location we would want to go to. Mm -hmm. So there were some that were like, Oh, I'm never really I don't really have an interest to go there, but then yeah, you know, Italy is one of them. Um, Monaco is one of those like places that <laughs> would be a cool one too. See Monaco like the street race, but mm -hmm. um, you know we stuck on Italy and we were like, okay, we're gonna go to Monza and we're gonna figure this out and we're gonna get tickets mm -hmm. and it worked out and it was a really cool opportunity that now we're like, okay, next race we go to, we're gonna mm -hmm. get paddock club tickets and <laughs> I want to be in the paddock with the drivers. I want to be like, you know, with each of their they have like their own little paddocks for yeah. um people that buy paddock club tickets and mm -hmm. you get to like be above it and then get to like go on the track and stuff before okay. the race so i was like that's what we're gonna that's our next bucket list item <laughs> so we're gonna do that those are some good like, bucket list items. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good bucket list item yeah. <laughs> man that that sounded like a fun trip uh so you're originally from New York. I know we're kind of skipping and moving around and stuff. Um, but where where from New York? What, uh, what was your family like growing up? And then how are you introduced into sports? So I'm originally from Long Island, New York. Um, like to pinpoint, I'm from like the East Meadow, Levittown area, Nassau County, mm -hmm. uh, which is a pretty big place. I mean, Growing up, I grew up a Yankees fan. My dad, uh, he so grew up a block away <laughs> from uh, Yankee Stadium. He'll tell you it's the best team in all of baseball, you know, 27 <laughs> rings. So my uh, my dad's been a big baseball fan. He was always a Yankees fan. I mean, he was the type of person that uh, I always tell people he left his high school graduation early at the old um, – to go to a Yankee game and it was at the old Yankee stadium. So like definitely grew up with that, like sport mentality. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. And then I have an older brother who he's always played sports. He ran track, he played baseball and he played soccer. And then eventually he went overseas to play like a, I want to say a semi-professional soccer um, in Europe. So I've like really just always been exposed to sports and mm -hmm kind of watched him do his thing and I've always um liked watching it and you know talking about it and seeing yeah. sports so for me it was just something that I grew up with and then uh I um did competitive cheerleading it's very okay. um I'd say on Long Island it's not just like a you know scream at 
the football team and pump up the crowd <laughs> and, you know, be at basketball games. No, mm-hmm. like you have stunts, you've got the gymnastics element tumbling, mm-hmm. you know, you're competing against teams from across the island that then they all qualify a lot of them to go compete at nationals in Orlando, yeah. Florida, yeah. Uh, at Disney World's ESPN Worldwide of Sports. Yeah. So, um, you know, just being in that competitiveness, but then also like I've ran track. So love track and field there. So I think I've always just kind of stayed busy as mm-hmm. a kid. And I was a competitive dancer, but um, found a love for cheerleading and then went on and in college, then I worked for track and field. So mm-hmm. kind of always been around sport, just growing up and being um, from Long Island with, mm-hmm. you know, just having the Yankees, the Mets, the Islanders, the mm-hmm. Knicks, the Rangers, um, then the Nets. And then the Jets and the Giants, but you know, unfortunately, the Jets and the Giants don't really count because I haven't really been very good for a long time. (laughs) (laughs) I understand that one. I I grew up a Dolphins fan, so for a long time, I was just like, Yeah, you don't say who you like, and then now that they're doing good, you're like, Okay, that's who I've always liked. So, yeah, people always ask me, like, Oh, are you always like been a New York Everything fan? I was like, No, I really all that matters is like baseball. Yankees mm-hmm. and, you know, in hockey season, I root for the, the Rangers. So. Yeah, that makes sense. Makes sense. Um, so when you went to school out of high school, um, you went to Nebraska first, correct? Yeah. Now, did you work for, because you, I know at Liberty, you worked for the uh, equipment side of stuff, the equipment manager and stuff. Uh, did you do anything like that at Nebraska? No. So at Nebraska, um, it was my freshman year. I just needed a uh, student job on campus Mm -hmm. and it literally came down to either work for track and field as a student manager or work for football as like somebody who just played like the music during practice. Um, (laughs) But it was only for the fall season. So I was like, "Mm, like, I'm not going to do that because then I'd have to go find something for the spring. Mm-hmm. where track and field was all year round and okay. it was a paid student manager position. So oh. I applied for it and I got a call back from Danelle Earl, who was the former um, director of operations for Nebraska track and field. And okay. I met with her and then Robert Harris. And then I met with the former head coach, one of the like most legendary coaches in college track and field, mm-hmm. um, Gary Pepin. And they brought me on board and then I stayed there for two years and I worked um, under Coach Pepin and his staff directly Mm -hmm. with Coach Harris um, and Coach Jonas at the time. So worked with our cross country distance athletes and then worked with high jumpers my second year. And I mainly kind of got to do um, my first year. It was more like helping with the recruiting aspect. So Mm -hmm. helping send letters and um, reach out, you know, to recruits and kind of gather all that information. And then, um, you know, tracking practice hours and just Mm -hmm. submitting paperwork and helping with compliance. And then on meet days, I um, did video. I helped set up meets, tear down really anything that was like needed from the staff Mm -hmm. I helped out with. And then I also got to travel. So I got to see like the university of Texas. I got to see Baylor, Mm -hmm. uh, um, Arkansas. I got to hear the NCAA nationals uh, championships for indoor track and field. 
Okay. Um, got to go the Big Ten now. Big mm -hmm. Ten uh, championships for outdoor track and field, That's and cool. just really got to get this exposure to high level track and mm -hmm. field at the Division One level. But then you know, see so many athletes that would go on to compete for you know the United States and then their yeah. home country. So yeah. it was really awesome to like be a part of that atmosphere. Yeah, that, that's definitely not many people can say they did stuff like that at all. Um, so then you went from there to Towson. Why did you transfer to Towson? So I went to Nebraska at 18 years old, cross country. <laughs> Middle of uh, nowhere. <laughs> yeah, from Long Island, New York. I had an accent. I feel at the time I had more of a talk, walk, like okay. New York accent. You could yep. tell I really was from there. Um, yeah. I feel like now I've been to so many places that I've kind of lost my accent. Mm -hmm. um, so with being in uh, Nebraska at 18, um, it was hard. It was hard to be away from my family and my friends, especially like when we'd have fall break or, mm -hmm. you know, um, a day off from class. Like yeah. I couldn't go home. I couldn't get in the car and go back home. So mm -hmm. that really weighed a toll on me. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm really close with like my mom and my family mm -hmm. and my parents. So I was like, hmm, I really want to like be close to my family, but then I've always wanted to go away to college and have yeah. that collegiate experience at a big school. Yeah. Um, and at the time I was a, a speech and language pathology major cause I wanted to be a speech, uh, therapist. Okay. And as I would sit in my classes, like I would master the course yeah. But I kept sitting there thinking like, okay, I could be good at this, but I'm not going to love it every day. I'm not going to, yeah. you know, get up in the morning and be like, yay, I'm a speech therapist. Like, <laughs> let's go conquer the day. Um, I mean, I could fake it, but I knew I wasn't going to be like genuinely happy inside. Mm -hmm. um, and I was very happy working with track and field. Uh, <laughs> I was happy being around college athletics. I was happy working in sports. And so I really toyed with that. Like I loved the aspect of being a part of an athletic department, working at this level of sport, you know, and I was in a sorority that I loved being a part of. I was part of mm -hmm. FIMU, um, okay. proud alumna of FIMU. I went on and <laughs> transferred my membership when I went to Towson, but mm -hmm. those were two things that I were like, I can't stay just yeah. because of the extracurriculars, you mm -hmm. know, my family is paying for me to go to college. I'm yeah. having to come out here. Like it's not cheap. It wasn't cheap to fly home. Like I really yeah. needed to be all in on all levels and mm -hmm. I wasn't. So I started to look at schools that were close um, to, you know, New York, but yeah. weren't like St. John's, which is right down the road <laughs> I, from my house, like not very far, like Hofstra. Yeah. Um, which I did get into St. John's, but I did not want to go because yeah. I was like, my, you know, my family is going to be like, come on over, you know, every weekend. And I'm like, no, I want to like have that college experience. Yeah. So I started to look at other schools and Towson was one of them. I knew someone that went there. Okay. Um, so I looked into it and they had a sport management program. They still okay. had a speech and language pathology program. They had my sorority. So I was mm -hmm. like, you know what? I think, I'm going to apply. And I told my mom this and she is so supportive. Um, mm -hmm. She was very supportive from the beginning. Like she was someone who was like, go to Nebraska. Like 
it's crazy. You're going to go live in Lincoln, Nebraska, but go like, if this is something you want to do, like my mom has always like pushed me to do it. She's never been like, no, you can't go. Like, you know, she's very much like, if this doesn't work out, it doesn't work out, but at least you got to say like, Hey, you went, you know, you got to try it. Exactly. So when I told her I was wanting to transfer, she's like, okay, like apply. And I got into Towson and it turned out that my cousin, um, Justin, he was going to be a freshman the year I was transferring. So it was kind of cool to have a family member, um, you know, there on campus. And it was, we're Mm -hmm. really close. We've always, um, we've always been close. We're only a couple of years apart. So transferred to Towson and I still wanted to work in the athletic department. So Mm -hmm. I reached out to former head coach at the time, Mike Jackson. Um, And this was his first year. I think it was his first year or second year as head coach for Towson. Um, Towson only has a women's program. They used to have a men's, but um, I think that went away back in the early 2000s or late 90s, early 2000s. So it's, you know, it's still been a women's program. Yeah. So I reached out to him and I said, you know, hi, I'm Miranda. I'm coming from UNL. I have this experience. I have these coaches that can vouch for me. This is what I did at Nebraska. I'd love to be a part of your program at Towson. And what can I do? And he reached back out. He's like, okay, well, they've never had a student manager at Towson. (laughs) And like his understanding of like the history of the program. And, you know, so he was like, come on, like, let's go. So it was awesome. I really played more of a, I want to say a director of operations role. Then really student manager, like I helped with so many different aspects, meet management, travel management, um, Mm -hmm. recruiting. So I, I feel like I was a sponge and I really am appreciative of like coach Jackson having that faith in me and being like, Hey, you can like run with this, kind of make it your own and help out this program. And, you know, it was awesome because the first year that I was there, they won their first ever CEA Wow. Um, CPA outdoor title. So it was awesome yeah. to be a part of that. So, That's really cool. Yeah. So it was, it was pretty cool. And it was crazy because like I had just left Towson and they, I had just left Nebraska yeah. actually. Mm-hmm. And they went back to back for indoor outdoor um, men's <laughs> field, big 10 champs. Yeah. And then I go to Towson and then the women instantly win CAA. <laughs> so it was kind of like a joke that I was like a good luck charm. Good so <laughs> <laughs> it was a it was a pretty cool opportunity. So I got to yeah. work with Towson track and field. And then I also worked in like um video services. So recording okay. like all the different sports. So recording football, mm-hmm. practice games, um, same thing with like lacrosse. Uh I did softball, baseball, mm-hmm. so all the sports that needed video. So almost all mm-hmm. them. Um I worked in the Towson Video Services office. And okay. then I also worked in Tiger Athletic Fund. So athletic so donor. Yeah, I have always been a sponge. I am someone who the industry is changing. It mm-hmm. is very different from when I was a freshman in college to now at 27. Yeah. I can say like from 18 to 27, it's so different. Like it's mm-hmm. constantly changing and you have to be willing to adapt with those changes because mm-hmm. you know what now we're here in college athletics and NIL is a thing. That wasn't a thing when I started college. Um, So you just have to be willing to adapt. And that's how I always had that mindset. So I always tried to, 
you know, dip my toe in anything and be willing to help out. And I even was a softball student manager at one point. So really just trying to get as much experience and exposure to the industry Mm -hmm. as possible. Well, and then you did equipment management at Liberty for a year uh, before taking over at the USA Volleyball. So you've really done everything. (laughs) You name it, you pretty much did it. Um, How did this lead into your timing of, I know, finishing school online with Liberty, but getting the job with USA Volleyball? For sure. So actually, so when I was at Towson, Mm -hmm. I handled gear for track and field. Um, so I worked with the former, um, equipment manager, Justin Hupp, who he oversaw like equipment for football track, Mm -hmm. um, lacrosse and some other sports that were in the field house. Um, Mm -hmm. so with working with him, I kind of got an idea of equipment and then I had gotten a full-time job offer out of undergrad with us rowing. Um, accepted that offer and then COVID happened and the world stopped and they were like, you know, we'll wait it out. We'll see what's going to happen. You know, you'll, we'll push your start date back a month, you know, April, this was in March of 2020. So I'm not thinking of anything. And then May came and it was like, Hey, the world is, you know, still on pause. So we won't be able to bring you on. So it was definitely like a bombing feeling because I was like, mm-hmm. man, like I'm pretty bummed. Like I was so excited to get back into the Olympic movement and, yeah. you know, really take, um, take uh, an awesome opportunity and, you know, yeah. see what it, doors it would open. But, you know, I understood what was going on in the world and that, Hey, mm-hmm. like things happen. So you just have to, something else is going to come up, come up and, you know, God's going to put you on a path that like, you know, he's going to open another door. Yeah. So I got the opportunity to apply to grad school and looked mm-hmm. at so many different schools and saw that like Liberty had a sport uh, admin program for my master's degree and applied, got in. And mm-hmm. then I needed a GA position because I was like, I really want to be back in college athletics. Like I need mm-hmm. something. And I saw that the Olympic sports equipment services uh, department was hiring for a GA. So Mm -hmm. I applied to it. I was like, you know what? I have a little bit of experience, but I had interned uh, previously with the U.S. Olympic and Paralympic Committee. And I had all this experience at Towson, had this experience at Nebraska. Like, you know, I'm like, maybe this would help me get this GA position, you know? So. I interviewed for it and then uh, Ryan Carr um, mm-hmm. gave me the role and he mm-hmm. you know, brought me on, which was awesome because it was really a big learning opportunity for me. Yeah. I mean, I learned so much at my time there, a lot about myself, um, mm-hmm. other sports, just the day to day that goes yep. into the equipment department. And I feel like it's that one department in college athletics that's like so many people overlook and like don't appreciate, but like, they have so much that they have to do. And I learned very quickly all the responsibilities that like you have in equipment. Like it's crazy. You have so many sports you're juggling. Like, so I had almost 11 sports that I was working as a GA and, you know, dealing with the day-to-day going from men's and women's basketball, then going to volleyball, then going to lacrosse, then having to go over to soccer. Like, just crazy. It's really going everywhere. Yeah. 
Yeah, going everywhere and having to be like on top of everything and kind of know like, hey, this is what this sport needs. This sport has a game today. They need these uniforms. They need this. Mm -hmm. They have to order this. So definitely helped me like manage time, manage tasks, learn how to delegate tasks. Like, so I learned a lot as a GA and then um, I got the opportunity because it was like still COVID and Mm -hmm. there was like still that bubble for football. I was able to work with football, Liberty football at the time that coach freeze was head coach. And it was pretty awesome just to see the program and get to know some of the coaches and the staff and then some of the players that were there. So it was a really cool opportunity to see like the ins and outs of equipment on Mm -hmm. the um, football side and especially the division one side um, working with, you know, BSN and Nike in which Liberty is at Nike school. So just being able to work with them um, and like manage that, but also see like what exactly the equipment um, team does on a football game day during the week practice, having to like flip things over, prepare for the next following week, like all Mm -hmm. of that. So, you know, I learned a lot, like learned a lot and had a lot of respect for them, you know, of what they do and like, the people that make a career out of it every single day, like all across the country, like it was really impressive. So I got to go to the Cure Bowl with them, got a ring. So beat Coastal Carolina. It was pretty that, exciting. Twice. Um, uh. <laughs> it, it, was a, it was a pretty cool opportunity. So yeah. when I came back from then, I got offered a full-time job mm-hmm. as uh, Assistant Director of Equipment Services, Olympic Sports. So my boss at the time, he had uh, taken on a new role in the Mm -hmm. athletics department and I interviewed for the job and I was given the job like within a week span. It was crazy. (laughs) And so I went from being enrolled in my, you know, spring semester, first year of grad school to how to unenroll and (laughs) learn very quickly what it was like to have a full time job. And it was definitely challenging and rewarding and there was a lot of sleepless nights but like I'm looking back I'm so thankful for that because it prepared me to where I'm at today it prepared me for event coordinating at this level um Mm -hmm. for USA volleyball so Mm -hmm. it really taught me a lot to like be able to juggle and be able to be flexible and just adapt and be willing to you know really do anything that you know can help you know, get the job done. So that was great. And then um, I got an opportunity to apply to a position with USA Volleyball as an Mm -hmm. event coordinator. And I applied for it and got the position and moved to Colorado and Florida Springs. So Mm -hmm. started with them in August of 2021. Mm -hmm. And I've been with USA Volleyball ever since. Uh, So it's been an awesome ride. I've been able to travel across country at uh, places that I never thought I would go to. Like, I can't tell you how many times I've been to Salt Lake City, Utah. I yeah. think it's like 10 <laughs> in the past two and a half years. Like, been to Tulsa, Oklahoma. Never thought I'd go to Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, been to Vegas and just places. It's been really awesome to work with different cities and sports commissions mm-hmm. to host junior national events. So That's awesome. That's amazing. I mean, to go from where you started out in Long Island to Nebraska to Maryland, 
back to Virginia and then to Colorado. You know, it's just, it's a wild ride. It's crazy how things worked out and how stuff just like not easily fell in, but the, the stuff that you did fit into what you needed to get prepared for to this day. For, for sure. I mean, yeah. it, it's been a grind and I tell people that like, it has not been easy for me. Like it looks like it's an easy on paper and when I talk about it, but like yeah. there were many times where it was like, I've had to, you know, bust my butt. And I think I can say butt on this, but yeah, yeah, I had yeah. to bust my butt to get <laughs> where I'm at today. You know, I had yeah. to work really hard and, you know, especially I'm a female in sports. It's mm-hmm. not very common to see females in um, this type of level when yeah. going through sports that I've gone through, like at Liberty, I was the first female GA uh, mm-hmm. for Olympic sports. And I was the first female full-time employee in their department. They've never had yeah. a female before me. So just like having to adapt and yeah. uh, be in different environments, but like, you know, I'm always someone who I'm like, what my hard work, my work ethic, my people mm-hmm. skills, my networking, that's all going to like help me get where I need to go. You know, I'm not exactly. going to let anything um, stand in the way of that. And, mm-hmm. you know, just being an only female on staff isn't going to be something that like I take negatively or I'm like, oh man, like, I don't know if I yeah. can do this. No, like I'm here for a reason. You know, mm-hmm. I'm somebody who works hard. So like, I wouldn't be here if people didn't believe in like, you know, what I bring to the table and yeah. the knowledge that I have. So, you know, it hasn't Absolutely. been an easy road, but it's definitely been worth it. And I've always been someone who's like impatient. So it was hard when like, <laughs> you know, interviews didn't go my way or I didn't hear back or I didn't get positions. And I've always been like, why didn't I get this? Why didn't I get that? And, mm-hmm. you know, I always have to take a step back and look like, okay, you're exactly where you are for a reason. And, mm-hmm. You know, we all have a different path we're going to take. Sometimes it takes longer to get, you know, to the next point. But, you know, there is light at the end of the tunnel. And, yep. you know, you, you are here for a reason. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, to be honest, that kind of goes into my next question. Um, or I we ask this at the end of every show pretty much. And I know you have to get off here kind of quickly. Uh, but one thing I do want to ask before we go is, um, what is some advice you'd give to the next generation who's coming up, not necessarily wanting to be an athlete, but wants to maybe work in the sports industry like you did, like you do now. Um, what is something you can give to that next group coming up? For sure. Um, I just actually spoke about this earlier today. I was on an alumni panel <laughs> for Towson alum um, oh, yeah. sport management. So this mm-hmm. actually is pretty fresh in my head. <laughs> I always tell people, we're not in the business of sport. Like, yeah, we work in the sports industry, but that's not the business we're in. We are in the business of people. It's how you talk to people, how you interact with people is going to get you a lot further in this industry than anything else. At the end of the day, they don't care. You know, people don't care about like, can you name the starting five? Can you name when they won the last championship? Like things like that. Like none of that matters. You know, at the end of the day, it's about how you treat people, how you act, you know, what you're willing to do in the sense of like your work ethic. Are mm-hmm. you somebody that's, you know, willing to take on projects that you may not, um, you know, be the best at, but hey, effort, you know, is great to see. So I always tell people like, we're in the business of people. It's how you treat yeah. people. Like I'm one of those people that strongly believes in the saying of like, I treat my CEO with the same respect as a janitor. Um, you never know 
who people are, mm-hmm. um, what paths you're going to cross, if you're going to see them again. So I always try to tell people like, you know, make sure you are giving, you know, the best foot forward, but you're also treating people the way you want to be treated. You're treating them with respect, um, but you're also building those connections. And I think that really helps, like, especially like in event management with what I do at USA Volleyball, um, Mm -hmm. we travel from city to city. I have to, you know, meet different sports commissions and I have to meet different people from convention centers and I'm working with different coaches and clubs and parents and like um, independent contractors. And I always try to like give them the, you know, best uh, personality I can give them um, like hundred percent of my time, let them know that like, Hey, I'm committed to you as much as you're committed to me. And I think that just goes a long way. Like people really, want people to be genuine and to be sincere and, you know, just treat them the way that they want to be treated. So I think that just takes you a lot further in this industry than anything else. I mean, cause Hey, we're all in sports because we all love sports. We all have a passion for it. We wanted to make a career out of it. Um, But what's really setting you apart. What's setting you apart is how you treat people, your last impression, things like that. You know, I'm going to remember somebody who, treated me with respect and want to call them back or reference them for another job or, you know, vouch for them or think of them for a position versus somebody who didn't give me respect at all, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I completely, I, you're the first one who's brought that on to this show. Uh, Usually people are like, Oh yeah, just keep working hard. You know, the typical usual stuff, but this was something I think a lot of people need to hear because especially in today's world where things are going crazy and stuff that, somebody can remember, Hey, if I just treat everybody with respect or with love or anything, you know, to that extent that it will allow them to maybe, like you said, get a different job or have somebody vouch for them or to that, to all that. Um, but we for definitely, sure, appreciate- yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say like, for sure. Cause like anybody can get an internship, like yeah, anybody yeah. can get an unpaid internship, you know, mm-hmm. you can get anywhere, but it's like, what is that? How is it going to help you get to the next level? You know, yeah. Sorry, I like, I just feel like the people that are the most personable and can build connections, Mm -hmm. I think those are the people that, you know, last in my brain a lot longer than somebody who's like, oh, they're just good at their job, you know, like, you have to have more to offer and like, you know, be willing to, uh, I guess, to showcase. Mm -hmm. Uh, And especially within this industry, because like, you're dealing with people every single day, I deal with now junior athletes. So a lot of different personality than when I was in college athletics, you're dealing with college athletes. But then also when I was at the U.S. Olympic and Paralympic Committee, you're dealing with professional athletes, you know, but at the end of the day, they're all athletes, but they're all people. So it's how you treat them, you know, is what's going to go further. Completely agree with you. 110% there. Um you're, you're definitely, I think that is one of the greatest points we've had on this show. Um I, I can definitely see how it gets involved in in every aspect of work and life and everything. Cause even in my own life, I've seen it when I worked for the ticket office at Liberty or working my job now, or even on this podcast, trying to get people on, it helps to have that respect to show to other people, even if they not necessarily hundred percent earned it yet, but it's more of just a, out of respect to them because they are your clientele or they are whoever they are. So it definitely, definitely is a great, Great point that you made there. Um, but I oh, know you have to 
know you have to go somewhere, but we really do appreciate you coming on. And um, this episode should be out this upcoming Tuesday. Well, I'm excited for it. Um, yeah. You know, always love talking about sports and how <laughs> I got here and any uh, anything that can help other people in this industry, because I feel like growing up like this wasn't, I guess, an option when I was a freshman in college and in high yeah. school, like sports podcasts weren't really a thing and people weren't really talking about the industry. And I mean, I didn't yeah. even really know about the industry until like working in it. So, you know, stumbling upon it in undergrad. So I think this is an awesome opportunity and platform what you guys have going on so that like, you know, if you're in high school or you're thinking of switching your major in college or, you know, even a career change in life, you know, you mm -hmm. have a tool like this where you can be like, okay, like there's other people in this industry like yep. there's so much more than just being a coach or just being yep. an athlete or a referee or something like that there's so yep. many different positions and uh yeah. an umbrella underneath like all that is the sports industry yeah oh yeah absolutely but again thank you this is the athlete's favorite